0: Right, I timed that one very I'm, well.
1: I am, I am afraid. <laughs> very afraid. I'm afraid. It's time for me to leave.
0: Oh, come on, man! <laughs> Halloween's in a couple of weeks. We're gonna have some fun. Got to get in the spirit of it. Yeah, we mm-hmm.
1: gotta, you gotta. I'll find some Halloween themed stuff next week. Uh, next week
0: see it... i mean they're having fun in the lab why can't we have fun in the lab
1: uh, you call that fun yeah okay
0: sure <laughs>
1: sure whatever works best
0: oh hey good evening everybody welcome to scuba nri episode 129 one two nine we i are... am so fine yeah we are back we got scuba steve rye guy i got a new camera that's not buffering and giving me headaches you actually can see
1: him and actually see him talk
0: i know i I, my voice and my physical thing are the same are 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 track.
1: so when you're moving like this you're not moving so slow and catching up to me kind of thing but hey it works
0: it's all good it's all good all right uh yeah so we're back for our weekly dose of games movies entertainment life
1: Life itself can be a pain.
0: It yeah, it has its moments. Yeah, it has it its, moments.
1: its moments. Great moments, but there's some painful ones at, at best.
0: But before we get too much further on, we're definitely going to take a minute to shout out to Sirenscape. Sirenscape. Sirenscape.com for soundboards and background musics for your tabletop experience because it is the spirit of spooky. Ooh. And the season of spooky. That, uh, we're so listening I hear. to a group uh sound set called the mad scientists lab uh, where someone's hard at work and we're going to kind of just hang out here and not be in the way.
1: Yeah. And I'm that's not, I'm off the clock, so I ain't going to be working.
0: Yeah. They most want... we have to worry about is
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever's going on. I'm not over taking there, so. overtime pay for that,
0: <laughs> but go check them out. Sirenscape.com. They have a, a wide variety of soundboards you can use for sci-fi, high fantasy, Horror what whatnot, this is the season of Strahd, so go check it out, sirenscape.com yes. for more on that. Check them out. Uh, and if you're enjoying this and enjoying what we do, please remember to do the thing. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Definitely share. That's the best way to help us out. Is Sharing
1: out is caring, plans. people. Yeah. Sharing is caring. Yep, 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 yep. So... What we got
0: on the docket today, my man.
1: More Halloweening with the movies. So, you know, it's being October, so a lot of horror movies dropped this month. So got two more on the deck. Nice. So, and, nice. And also a Marvel presentation, Ryan a Scuba exclusive.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's been out for a couple of weeks, but finally we both had a chance to sit and watch it and now we can give our opinions on it. Yes. Um, and you know, and a recap so uh yeah let's uh what you've been up to let's do what this. i have there. been up to what you've been up to
1: what i've been up to nothing nothing too much just uh just the school thing and the work thing and trying to buy tickets for things um but you know one wins the other doesn't because to buy tickets trying to buy tickets what what are you referring to Ryan? so and in reference to our conversation from earlier, I'm not gonna be as animated and more PC than off the air. Uh, so there's two there's two acts that are coming next year that I'm looking forward to. One is Ed Sheeran. Uh, if you know Ed Sheeran, he's a very popular British singer, songwriter, uh, does a lot of acoustic sets, but his music's a good variety. And he's coming and doing a North American tour. Nice. Closest show is gonna be up in DC um in june so went ahead and got tickets i actually got tickets reasonable price perfect selection also going to turn the weekend into like a, a date escape so got a hotel room going to spend the weekend at the national harbor up in dc so I'll turn that that's fun The other band, which is Blink-182. Blink-182 is one of my favorite bands of all time. Actually, in my top five of favorite bands of all time.
0: You and about two dozen other millennials.
1: Yes, yes. That is I. That is me, the emo kid, pop punk rock band guy. And I love them. And the fact is, is that why it's so big of them going on this world tour is because Tom DeLonge um, is back in the band. So it's a reunion kind of tour. They're going to have new music, a new album. But the thing is, is that the tickets. And yeah
0: um okay there's a lot of memes and stuff like we were just talking about uh one of the guys i follow on instagram uh he does all these different skits and there was a quick little line in there about like 182 tickets so i haven't bothered to look so no
1: i will give an explanation so you know whenever you have concerts and pre-sales pre-sales can be a little bit more that's fine pre-sales or pre-sales wait for the general sale you can go ahead and get your ticket well Mm. i went and go ahead and look at the seating chart well, you know, there's seats available, sale and resell. Okay, I'll go up in the because it's an arena, and I've been in arena, so you can get into it in the mid range, and it'd be you can see the you can see the stage and band and all that stuff. Oh yeah, Plus as long as I can I hear
0: those big yeah, giant yeah. jumbo screens.
1: Yeah, as long as I can see and see and hear, I'm good. Yeah, uh, I always sit in the back of the amphitheater anyway, so I'm used to it. But the thing is, when I'm looking at the ticket price, I like, huh, that's pretty high for the nosebleed. Let me go ahead and move up a seat. Um, how did triple? in price okay let me try to move again okay that is way too much out of my market all right so
0: so so let's start the the nose no the nosebleed altitude mask ticket seats cost so we're costing how much
1: yeah i'm not going to say where what place just not the you know put them on the hot seat but in a arena around this area uh the nosebleed the cheapest was 184 before fees so that means with the fees with tickets it's going to push it over 200 dollars per ticket Okay, cool. Two hundred dollars is okay if you're up near the stage or somewhere closer. But I was like, no, it's weird. Okay, let me just move up a row, not like a section, not like to the hundred, just a row. It bumped up to um like three hundred something. I was like, huh? Move it up another row, just one more row. So three rows in. Yeah, three rows in. It was like five sixty five per <laughs> ticket. <laughs> All right, guys. I love I love I love Be Some Blink. I can listen to them all day, every day. Been one of the one of my first three albums I ever bought in middle school. One was Incubus the Incubus Make Yourself album, Corn Issues album, and Blink one eighty two Enema of the State. And I've been listening to them since middle school. I love them, but hey, I'm an adult. I got stuff to pay for. I gotta be reasonable when I spend my money. So I'ma play the waiting game on this. So Sometimes playing I, the waiting game is probably the best game.
0: I'm hoping so because I tell you right I tell you it's like I'm I mean we were talking a little bit about this and it's like I mean $600 for a ticket that far back. Yeah. I'm like I'm I, for me I, I have to say it's like it's got to be a really good show. Yeah. Of course I tried to make this argument to Ryan, you know, this failed because yeah. I was thinking you know some older 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 bands, you know, everybody music and a lot of other things are subjective. So Yeah. People who like Blink-182, I actually am not... A, I'm a fan of them. I'm not a diehard fan of them. Diehard. But most of the most of the songs I know that are Blink-182 came from the American Pie song. American Pie. So, yeah. take yeah. that the with a of song, it.
1: You left him, left But then when you look at some <laughs> of the ones
0: that are, you know, look at their notoriety, like an Elton John or, you know, like Paul McCartney, uh, you know, Queen, if... If Freddie Mercury was still was still with us. Granted, the new lineup isn't bad from what I hear. Um, those kinds of things. I could kind of see that. But you know, Rye sitting there be like, yo, I go to concerts. I got my punch card for concerts. Yeah. Elton John didn't pay that much for that.
1: Yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh Jim Buffett didn't pay didn't pay that much for Jimmy Buffett. Not for a single ticket. <laughs> not for a single ticket. Uh not even for sporting events did i pay that much and i had good seats in those sporting events so yeah oh, i was wow. either behind home plate or near the court or i can uh, touch the football players on the field so yeah and i'm sorry
0: damn near six hundred dollars yeah, like, three rows in on the nosebleed
1: if even if i had m- money to do it i would not do it <laughs> i have other things
0: Yeah, yeah yeah
1: that, but I hard. will play the waiting game because sometimes playing the waiting games on these things is the best game.
0: So you think maybe it's like hey, we got to sell some tickets, start dropping the price, or they'll add more dates
1: and might actually come in this area. So That's because fair. The last time I saw them, the two times I saw them, they did come through this area, so. Okay. You know, playing the waiting game can be the smart
0: game, people. Sometimes
1: Yeah. (laughs) So playing the game, what's been uh, the shenanigans with the the scuba? Oh,
0: man. Um, Work is getting a little goofy now that convention's done and (laughs) moving on on to the next major event. And I was telling this to a couple people because it was like, all right, let's think about this. It's like, you know, you have when when you're in a position where you have multiple projects going on. Yep. But all of them are kind of like different points in the project life cycle uh best way i can say it's like okay you're waiting on certain things from certain peoples or certain timelines you're not sure or you haven't really finalized your end timeline right yeah well in the last two weeks it's been okay here's like half a dozen projects i've been working on all summer and and now we've set an end date and it happens to fall in the same week we're doing our next conference. Mm. So it's nice. like nice. It, it's like this convergence <laughs> of things where it's like <sighs> pull this off. And it's like, all right, on Monday this stuff goes live. Tuesday and Wednesdays this conference. Thursday sit back go comatose because you've just poured <laughs> in all these hours to get to you at that point
1: kind <laughs> of it in push it in and be like blah
0: so but I, on top of that i've been doing some other things like uh, getting back into the video editing yeah like i i took, i recorded my presentation during convention because i wanted to document it and i brought my gopro and did that While well, i sat and edited the video for it um Probably one of the more complicated videos I've done to date because, let's be honest, doing podcast editing and doing the videos for the D&D games that I've done, there hasn't been a whole lot of editing for that. Maybe a little cut here, tweak there, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of it is pretty much what you see is what you get. Yep. This was, okay, the camera is a certain distance away. I got to try and do a zoom zoom. Plus, we were giving a PowerPoint presentation. So it was like, all right, let me grab the slides. And how do I make these slides an image that is viable for video? Layer that in so that you see the presentation, you hear us talking, and, you know, it transitions from slide to slide. And then there are certain points where it's like, okay, the slide just doesn't do enough. So add in some extra elements to give it a little extra pop, you know? There you go. So... But it was also, again, it's also complicated in the fact that it was a short video. I mean, it was at most 30 minutes. Okay. So 30 minutes of footage, for the most part, didn't really cut anything out. So it's this 30 minutes of us talking and adding in these other layers. And it still felt like it, take ju- it took just as much time to go through that in multiple passes than it did doing a podcast edit yeah. <laughs> in, in some of these new new workflows because that'll yeah. still take me a little while
1: took a little bit just a little bit
0: but i mean it took me a whole day i got it rendered uploaded all that it was great um and then i started working on the build video i was work- i was doing but prior to going to new york for convention and that one that one i think is probably going to be my largest learning curve yet because I was I went into the project thinking okay I'm going to document building this project. I have watched other YouTubers document builds and all this and I know they have different camera gear than what I've got. I'm working off a GoPro. So I kind of had a rough idea what I wanted to do, how I want to position the camera, you know, that whole that whole workflow for camera directing all of that okay. as well as doing the project. So you know i'm sure some people can can empathize with this so i did this and it went over multiple days working through this project because i only had a couple hours here a couple hours there yada, yada. but it, when it all came down it's like okay there's like three and a half hours of footage and there's some spots i realize i didn't document that i should have documented and parts that i documented that ended that i'm cutting out because it doesn't fit with the progression of the project so okay. it was a It's going to be a learning curve on that because it's I want to get this video down, down to like 20 minutes, give or take, and have it paced out based on a certain YouTuber that um, seems more kind of uh, in the in the we he does his videos. They're sped up and they just focus on the build. Okay. so my plan is to do this. It's focused on the build. They're not a whole lot of voiceover and talking. It's going to be a music track. But I think I'm going to do a second version that is a voiceover and load that up on our on the Patreon site. So if you want to hear my thoughts, and I'll probably do some commentary on the video editing as well as the build, because for me, this video is less about the build and more about the process of making a video for that is not, a D game or a podcast or anything i've done before this is a new style of video for me and one that i've had half a dozen false starts on because i've documented bits and pieces of my project with projects with my phone camera but i never took it from start to finish so this is the first one that is start to finish and it's like all right I've done I've done a couple other things like with some phone builds like I did a boat video and some Lego videos but okay. not a wood shop video. So yeah. it's a different style of video and it's going to be an interesting kind of deal because it was a multi-day build and it had a lot of back and f- moving the camera around. Like when I did a couple of crafting ones it's like I set the camera on one spot, I just got to remember to turn it on, and turn it <laughs> off, but it's not really moving. Yeah. And the video is a switching. lot shorter. switch switch yeah, this one it's like, okay, position the camera and angle it and see where those angles are. So it's fun. I'm in the pro I'm in I'm on my third pass-through trimming down bits and getting it to crunch down. I went from three and a half hours down to like just under just under two or a little over one hour. Um, and trying to and I'm about halfway through on this next pass through. So but it's just time consuming. And yeah. when they tell you You'll take twice as long editing the video as shooting the video. They're not joking. Yeah. It's literally taking that much time just to go through this.
1: Yeah. It takes some time, but you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it.
0: Yeah. So I'm hoping to have that done here in the next couple of days and get that out. And then I think, uh, some scheduling goofiness is going on. Then I could start on the next build project in the shop and maybe even start the, uh, some build projects on the table, and see about you know working out because a lot of it is like hey i'd like to do this hey i'd like to do this but then it's like how do i go about doing it and then it's like all right i have an idea how i'm gonna go about doing it but then it's actually doing it yeah and then following through and it that's a that's a growing experience i mean anybody could grab their phone and just you know shoot some video on their phone but if it's like the an upload and then it's just some some people adapt to that a little bit faster and me i'm an older school kind of person this is like i want to do this but it's it's getting it's it's getting over the imposter syndrome it's getting over the why the hell are you wasting your time you're 40 some odd years old all of these things in the headspace that are like I shouldn't be doing this. I should, I, you know, I have a day job. I should focus. I should be doing that. I shouldn't be trying to do this kind of hobby that is brutal in its, uh, in 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 in, in, in popular in gaining popularity, gaining a foothold, and all that. Yeah. There's plenty of room for it, but to really succeed at it, it's it's very cutthroat. As opposed to you know my day job.
1: Yeah. Which, But, you know, it, it, like you said, it's, you know, you do more than just your, your daily routines, you know, you have hobbies, you have things you want to dive into. So this is another one of those things. Dedication will get you there. So you got this. I think you got this.
0: It'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be fun. So
1: yeah. The triumphs will justify those turmoils.
0: Yeah. And again, it's a learning experience. Like I don't expect to be winning any awards with this video. Like I said, it's okay. Yeah. Here's the learning how to do this. Yeah kind of deal
1: takes a little bit of time
0: oh yeah totally um so that's pretty much that part all right all right so let's uh let's go and dive into our reviews for the weekend yes
1: yes we do we have a couple films we do
0: have a couple of films still dealing with the horror halloween theme yep 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 so. so, our first film is one that I have not watched, but was recently released on Hulu.
1: Yes, sir. And that
0: is the remake uh, or reboot of the Hellraiser uh, franchise with yes. this new Hellraiser film. So. I honestly didn't know this was coming. I think I might have heard a blip about it. Sorry, my nose is all itchy. <laughs> it's all good. But I heard a little blip about this, but I didn't even know it was on Hulu, let alone where it was coming. Yep but uh Roy, you said you got an interesting story behind this one this wasn't a planned review no this wasn't sec. a
1: planned review uh and me me and my good friends we had a little uh chill out on a saturday night and we were trying to find a, a uh you know halloween horror theme movie to watch and we uh me and my other friend recommended this hellraiser because you know it just dropped recently on hulu um this actually was a fox holdover kind of like prey uh which was a fox holdover so uh you know disney decided to plop it in on, a, on a disney, uh on uh disney not disney plus but hulu mm. so like you said it is a it's, it's a it is a reboot a re of sorts it doesn't have connections to the original but it does play along the same lines so with this film, you know it focuses on, um, on the characters that you're familiar with from Hell, uh, Hellraiser. You have Pinhead, you have the Cenobites, you have this other dimension, and then you have this like device, this mysterious device that, um, that is like a puzzle piece. And basically, there's different configurations of this puzzle. And when you work this device, um, and you get this puzzle, the one thing that it does is that if it if it stabs you or pricks you and you bleed. Um, you get pulled into this realm, and then the Cenobites and Pinhead, they go and do what they call pleasure things to them, but it's basically gore and ripping your body apart and all that fun stuff, I guess. But this... Sto- okay. So, yeah. just for
0: context... Yeah, for context. For, the, for for those of you who are unaware, and when we're talking about yep. this being a reboot, the original Hellraiser was done in 1987. Yes, sir. And written, directed by Clive Barker, and he set... a pretty substantial bar when it comes to this this movie this franchise yes so
1: so, so this uh this type of horror movie it's it, it is not the slasher or the psychological this is the gore fest um in comparison to the original it's not as gory but it still has you know still has your mind cringy scenes but this this one focuses on a character by the name riley played by odessa azon and she's a recovering addict and she's trying to start a new life uh, through convenient plot devices and whatnot, she comes across that device that I described earlier, and she gets um, she falls into this like journey oh, wow. and me. curiosity of after she uh, solves the first configuration, her brother gets uh, caught in the contraption and he gets disappears. That's all she knows. So now she's keeps doing the configurations and trying to find a way to bring her brother back, and then she also finds out trying to solve the truth about what is this device and what does it do. So basically, the film is a journey of her character um, trying to survive all the different scenarios of this configuration while other people are getting caught in this trap of death and despair and stuff. Um, What... I liked about this film is that it's it yes it is a gore fest but it doesn't rely on the gore to try to scare you it is a part of the plot it is part of the characterization because what you're dealing with with these other characters from another world uh, the idea of pleasure and pain is like one in the same and the idea of granting wishes and giving people what they truly desire is it really what you desire or do you deal with the grief that comes with all of the substance of configuring the stuff on this device. So that part of the film I liked um, it does rely on a little convenience and a lot of the gores at times. so some of the characters are flat at times and then when you get into the third act, um, there's a lot of predictable outcomes but it leads into an ambiguous uh, epilogue which relies on that idea of what do you truly want to get what you desire or do you settle on that grief of what is the outcome of the situation? So um, it does a good job of building up the lore and the characters and not relying on the tactics of horror just to scare you or just to gross you. It is part of the journey of this character and their, their fallout. So,
0: I think the last one I remember seeing um, in this franchise, I want to say, was in uh, Tellraiser Bloodline.
1: Yeah, I think that's the third in the series, mm. I think.
0: Fourth fourth
1: okay yeah. i could not remember and i n- I never watched the uh, if i watched the original i can't remember but yeah
0: well it, it's either that one or it was basically it was i think that was the one where they ended up having a sci-fi element to it yeah but the first hellraiser in uh, clive barker's hellraiser really kind of got me yeah and, and i mean not and it was and so i guess as we were talking it's like okay how how well does this one honor the original and does it change uh anything that kind of sets hellraiser apart from some of the other major horror franchises
1: It does in a way because it doesn't rely on gimmicks of of a uh, idolizing character that's wreaking havoc and it relies on the lore and the mystery behind the these characters from the other worlds the cenobites and their idea of pleasure within pain so they're they're like from a whole different uh realm and future so the idea of pleasure and pain is kind of molded into one and you know it's it's that lore that adds to adds to the grief and adds to the suspense even when there's like um the gore happening and the cliches at times
0: so how are we doing with the fact that pinhead is female this time it
1: doesn't detract from it um it doesn't take it adds value in the in the way that they create these creatures and characters, every creature and character. It's just uh, horrifying to see what they are. And it's the mystery of why are they so different? And what is it that happened to them that led them to that? There's no answers to it. It's kind of left up to you. And that's what makes the film more creepier is because why would you do this? But then at the same time, there's no like empathy or emotions to it. So there's like this multi-layer within the gravitas of the, uh, the device
0: yeah i'm asking because sometimes when they gender swap a character it's sometimes the decision sometimes it, you question the decision to do that like was it the best move for the character or for the social political influence yeah. on the industry i'm not taking it away from that i don't yeah. want to cause a fight there <laughs> but no, there's no fight there it, it, it's kind of one of those things it's like some characters are so iconic yeah that to gender swap gender swap them it's like okay are you does this add to the character's mystique and motif and i have to say it's like when i think of major horror film icons this is in the pinhead's in the top five
1: yeah i
0: mean if not the top three in my personal opinion
1: yeah, it adds a mystery because the way it is in the film, the Cenobites, there, there, there is just this ambiguous nature to who they are or what they are. Yeah. So the idea of being male or female is is non-existent just because of the plane that their mentality state is at, but and it good. adds credence to the creature design. It adds credence to how everything is presented. Okay. So cool. you know, there's no like a socio-political gen. It's just that is the way that they design this story. So it oh, fits yeah. the it fits the narrative. Well, way. I mean,
0: and that's what it is. it's just like, you know. It's like there's been a lot of movement in the industry and whatnot, so yeah, you know. But
1: no, it doesn't take it away. But overall, uh, great, uh, fun, uh, great experience. If it was in theater, I'd check it out. Three point five out of five. A matinee. So. Nice, nice. All righty. Now, Scuba and Arai do the movies.
0: Yeah, Halloween ends the third film in the latest trilogy yeah. of Halloween film. Does
1: it end, people? I'm not going to tell you. You got to watch it. But we're going to give our two cents.
0: All right, so this one came out. It's in theaters and it's on Peacock. I watched it on Peacock. Uh, Rye watched in theater, so we have two different view view standpoints. Yep. Um, I'd be honest. I'm not a big horror fan, film fan, but learning more of the history behind this particular franchise kind of allows lends me to want to watch the different interpretations. Uh, the reason I say that just kind of go into this is like we have the the first halloween film yeah with um that was done that started the whole quote-unquote slasher genre yes it did um it after this then it was friday the 13th then it was nightmare on elm street so the, this is the this is the og that started it yep um now if you're one of the podcasts another podcast that I personally listen to and I love listening to is from uh is called uh stuff stuff to blow your mind, right? Boom. On uh it's on uh, iHeartRadio now, it used to be How Stuff Works. They do a thing on Fridays called Weird House Cinema where they'll look <laughs> at a, a, an older film and break down the film. They did one for Halloween, I believe, but they also did one just recently for Halloween three season of the witch. Yes, sir. So the, the the you start looking at this franchise from a production standpoint and, and longevity. I mean, the first film was again in the eighties, I believe. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. One. Uh, no 1978. Yep. This was out before, uh, Alien, which is my big one.
1: Yep,
0: 1978. But, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, that sets a pretty good bar for a franchise. But, of course, the icon, and it gives us another one of our top five, my personal top five most iconic horror characters. Mike Myers. Michael Myers. Who'd have thought a uh, William Shatner mask painted white would end up being such an iconic horror element in the world?
1: And it has. You see it and you think of one thing. Could... star trek no uh mike myers
0: yeah definitely not star trek but yeah. uh and of course you know this gave us uh, you know jamie leah curtis the infamous queen scream queen herself lori strode but uh so yeah so right talk let's, let's go through your review and then i'll give my thoughts yeah. on this
1: so halloween ends it's part of this new set of trilogy which began in 2018 with uh, halloween the, the like a reboot sequel uh that actually wipes out the history of all the Halloween movies as that one takes place as the sequel to the OG proper and then you had Halloween kills that came out in 2021 and this is the final of this new trilogy Halloween ends so this takes place four years after Halloween kills and it focuses on the town of Haddonfield Illinois which is the one that where everything's happening so the town is in disarray and they're trying to recover from from this deadly killing spree that happened on that fateful night. So as they try to move forward, this aura evil still kind of like hovers over the town in a way. Yeah. It feels Um, like it
0: permeates. Yeah. It's it's just like a thick fog.
1: Yeah. It's a thick fog and it permeates both good and bad. Yeah. And unlike Halloween kills, it actually brings back one of its main uh, pariahs with Laurie Strode, where in Halloween Kill she pretty much just chills in a bed most of the time, a uh, uh, hospital bed, but we're not going to return to that. But Jamie Lee Curtis, like you said, iconic, in Laurie Strode, and she's trying to move on from Michael Myers. But things start to happen, and things start to come up on the surface, and she has to face um, Mike Myers and just this uh, overshadowing evil and... Is she going to be able to get past it? Is the town finally ever going to end this threat or this uh, this evil that's been hovering over there? One thing I can take from this film is that in the beginning as it starts and then when it's leading into the first act, it does a great job of subverting expectation. It presents you with the cliché, but it goes about face. It presents you with the idea and the thematic presence of what is evil, how does it permeate, how does it allow people to even survive or let alone live, and you watch it through the characters and through different individuals that are in this town and in um, Laurie Strode's life like her granddaughter and this other kid that she, uh, she meets. I'm not going to dive into the kid itself just to not spoil anything, but the whole idea is that all these characters are facing the idea of evil, not to mention Mike Myers is still out there. Um, the bulk of the film is they don't f- go through with the ideas as cleanly as they should, and it's a mixed bag of gimmickies of the uh, of the slasher film. Albeit some of the kills are great, but the the writing and the scripting of the characters are so bland and just just terrible that it kind of fragments that thematic presence. But that's where i have issues that bulk because they try to start those ideas but they don't really follow through with them
0: that's fair i, yeah. I you know thinking about it the fact that the uh, halloween halloween kills and halloween ends those three yep in this new modern one i think it's it it's one of those it's like especially i could speak to halloween kills and halloween ends it's like. Not only is it you you' you're seeing a story that has been layered all across all three films because sometimes I mean you got to admit we have seen films where it's like okay, here's episode one, here's episode two, here's episode three and the connection between them is very loose yeah. at best. this one it seems like they 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 wrote it around the connections so that it's a continuous story all the way through over all three films yeah. and there are characters that if you want you would see in the previous films and you see where they are after x amount of years because this is this is a film that spans you know several years yeah. uh in this trilogy yeah and you know that how that kind of goes through and it's very interesting to see those elements but you're right there's a lot of it where it really does fall apart from a store from a from a when you look at this particular chapter in the book the writing on this really kind of falls apart it really doesn't it it, the pacing is a lot slower like this is a very slow burn but it doesn't have the same creepiness factor in my my opinion as some of its predecessors
1: yeah it it doesn't i agree with that this one relies on doing something different aka like you mentioned halloween 3 season the witch it tries to do something different but it doesn't follow through but even when it fragments by once it gets to the end and it gets into the the finale of Alora strode facing off against myers i think for people that are are fans of the property as well as the idea of this thematic evil it is it leads to a satisfying conclusion not going to say what or why but it leads to something where it can finally put to bed to rest of the idea of what myers represents
0: yeah so which i gotta say is very convoluted but yeah it's i think this one is another one of those it's like while the concept of evil is very strong the body is not yeah because that's that's the vibe i got from this it's yeah. like he at this point he's got. I mean, if Lori Stroud's already got grandkids, and this is supposed to be her older brother, yep. right? It's uh, like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I um, mean, isn't that wasn't that it? He
1: was yeah. Well, small. well, they 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 took away that dynamic of being the brother because that was two. So since Halloween 2018 takes place after the first one, they wiped that out of continuity.
0: So what? How? What was Michael Myers' relation to her? And how
1: she was? Uh, she he was like the attacker of the babysitter. So there's no connection as a brother. Uh, so that's what the 2018 did. It wiped out uh, the the continuity of all the films minus the first one.
0: I Well, I liked
1: H Two O. Yeah. Well, it's all you know. They have the how they describe it now is that you have uh, Halloween one, two, three. Where two and three go off into their other send. then you have the H Two O trilogy, which is its own subset, and now you have this new trilogy. That moves off from the original. I didn't know
0: H2O was a trilogy.
1: Yep, the H2O those films Resurrection H2O and I forget what the other one's called. That's their own trilogy. Oh. Yep.
0: Only ever watched H2O.
1: Yep. I think it's Resurrection, I'm... and then there's another one. Okay. I'll look it up. Keep going.
0: But yeah, it's for me. This was kind of a kind of kind of dull, and kind of a slow burn. But you could tell it's definitely more dialogue focused and more. More of a okay, what let's talk because at the end of Halloween Kills, it talks about the concept of evil, yeah, more so than Myers. Yeah. And then in this one, it's we're exploring that concept, and then we're closing this down yep. in terms of you know coming to a uh it I was saying we were talking on the uh earlier, it's like there's a point in early on in the film where it's like you see a particular set piece and it's like, yep. Yep. I already could call how this is going to end. They, they, it's they, just they, how we get there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the, like, it's the writing. They, they're, they're the very, I'm not even going to say streamline. Cause even in streamline is good. They don't try to develop. They try to, just layer it and then set up for, okay, you see these group of people or you see these two sets of people or you see this guy and you're like, you're going to be on the, on the, tr- on the, you know, X marks the spot and Myers is coming after you. So, yeah. but overall it's a hodgepodge. I like that. They tried to try to do something different, subvert expectations, focused on themes. But, you know, um, overall three out of five for me, three out of five.
0: Yeah. No, I was personally, I'm like a 2.5 of 2.5 out of 5. If you've got a Peacock subscription, totally check this out. Wait for it to be a budget rental, in yep. my opinion.
1: Yep. yeah. If you're truly a fan of the franchise, you know, check it out of the theater for the right price, but it, do do the screw away. If you got Peacock, it's right there, baby.
0: I mean, come on. For four, $5 a month with Peacock and all kinds of other things you can watch on top of this one. Yeah. Definitely go check it out. Yeah. All righty. Yep.
1: Alrighty. Uh, yep. That's what we got on deck.
0: So still,
1: uh, still some more horror movies coming out this month. I'll probably check out, but the next big one is black Adam. So
0: yeah, we'll see that in that the future. Interesting. So see, black Adam catch that before uh next podcast. Yeah, so yeah, we've got a few
1: movies coming up that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Uh, so we'll see. We'll All see right. what goes on. So.
0: so, all right. Next thing we're going to talk about is we're going to hit up on some Marvel stuff. Marvel
1: stuff, two uh, different properties.
0: Let's start with Let's start with She Hulk. All right, She Hulk mm-hmm. wrapped up. I got to tell you that season finale was a total loop ropeadope in yeah. my for me because I did not expect that. But then again, I'm not as familiar with the character, and I think I gained a better familiarity of the character throughout the course of this especially with her fourth wall breaks
1: i'm not familiar with it but i understood from other people that i know follow the comics says she does do the fourth wall breaking the way they played out in the series is how she plays out in the comics which i think is great. yeah so and the meta stuff so uh overall for she-hulk i enjoyed it for the most part i love the meta-ness I love that they went for the the sitcom comedy thing because it stood out in itself. Didn't oh, yeah. always hit on every episode, but when it did hit, um, it gave you laughter, um, like the Walk of Shame. All right, you know so what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, people. That's all I'm gonna I, say.
0: Hands down, it's gotta be my favorite episode <laughs> of the whole season.
1: Yes, it was. So,
0: um, but it's the the I have some gripes on the way the last episode uh, ended. Uh, only because I feel like, I, I feel like <laughs> despite how the episode goes, yep. I, I still feel like they ended up forcing out a few too many things they could have just left without. Yeah, they
1: they but... forced it, but the way they went about it and the way they had me thinking for a second that my fire stick broke, I will give them props for that. I'm not going to say how people, when you know, you know, but yeah, the way that they played off the meta and the way they did how the ending I was fine, how they got to the ending. mm, But you know, um, overall I I liked it for the most part. Um, it's not in my top three of the shows that have been on the, on the streaming platform yet, but it was Mm. still enjoyable. But the way I look at this with all the shows, I don't really do the, my top eight because they're all different just like this, but they'll have
0: the different elements, but I mean, it's worth sitting there and discussing a little bit on the comparison of how they approached this one as opposed to their other properties. The big thing is, is like there's like all the Marvel shows and films, they have this major set piece toward the end. Yet this one didn't quite do that. It seems like a lot of people, a lot of people would, would comment. And I kind of agree with is you have this expectation of what a Marvel studios project will be. Yeah. And, they find ways to be like, yeah, no, we're going to go this direction instead.
1: And I appreciate that. I appreciate the call out. And, uh, you know, it wrapped up in a way that actually focused on the intent of the character. Yeah. So it focused on the intent. What is this character? She's a Hulk and she's a lawyer and that's how it ended. So, you know,
0: uh, Overall, great. There was definitely some, pot, some parts that were a little too cheesy and corny.
1: Every time I watch this and I know, I know Scoob and I know Cheesy, there's a line. You can handle Cheesy, but if it crosses that line of a certain it, degree... It, it, it totally, it, yeah. Breaks, yeah. totally yeah. breaks it where yeah. it's like, really? Yeah, I, I have that line. It's not as close like you, but you know I can enjoy Cheesy within the focus of, is it built into the narrative? Whereas if it's Cheesy just to be Cheesy... I can't deal with that. And there were parts where they did that, but it's more of a 60, 40 where 60, I enjoyed.
0: I got to say though, the, 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 the actress for, for she Hulk,
1: Tatiana, Mislani.
0: Yeah, that was, she, she nails it. I love the banter between her and Charlie Cox's daredevil. Oh yeah. It is just great. Yep.
1: Yeah, I love, I loved her interactions with her, um, her, her, um, her assistant, that was with her um, oh yeah so i love that uh nikki ramos uh, played by ginger gonzaga she was great uh the one
0: i'm kind of like you know i even even wong in this one it's like it's like you think of wong as like the stoic person from the other films and then in this one it's just like i want to go hang out with that guy some more because there's obviously some things i'm missing
1: oh yeah and at the end of the one episode, when he's uh, chilling and trying to watch the, the Sopranos, had me die and laughing.
0: <laughs> Even more so when, uh, when the end, when it was like you got you got caught into another show, didn't you? Yeah. The prime era of television. Yes. Yeah. But uh, I think the one I was kind of like, yeah, Blonsky was probably the one I really didn't expect that direction.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, that's where I, I like the idea where, you know, it subverts the expectations and what you see and how they lean in into like this like new and like kind of like, w- you know, finding himself within and having his own like com- uh, communion place and all that stuff. It's kind of cool. And uh, just the way it ends, you would expect to see more of the abomination in the future.
0: Let's hope let's hope yeah all right so but overall enjoyed it she hulk go check it out it's definitely worth a laugh
1: nine episodes it's all up on disney plus now
0: and all right so the new property that they just dropped was werewolf by night this is part of their october string of halloween and halloween inspired things yep but werewolf by night is interesting because uh as talking with our friend penumbra his thing was is like werewolf by night is the comic title that gave us moon Knight. yep first introduction so for him going into this was like okay where's moon Knight in this otherwise i'll be upset i kind of shared that because again I'm, I'm going off of what my friends tell me and what they think this is and i went into this one and it's like no there's no moon night and I kind of like how this, how this went. I mean, yep. if it's, it's shot in black and white, which is a great little bit of color,
1: a little bit. I mean, but, they have more color in, but for the most part, they don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a few elements of color, but it's that. It's like, you have an, you have, it's like, you know, the technology can allow you to do these really wonderful effects, but this, they went. It seems like they really tapped into. All right, let's talk about the whole Harryhausen films, the classic Universal Monster movies, and just everything's a practical effect. Yep. That they, could be a practical effect.
1: Yeah, they, 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 they touched in that Universal Monster aesthetic. Doing the black and white, allow them to... The black and white added personality to this uh, TV special because it's a TV special. That's how what they call it. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show. It's a TV special. So they played Harkin to that. And they played to the aesthetics of that. And that aesthetics helped elevate the characters because even though uh, you introduced to a plethora of characters, you got them. They were unique. They weren't archety- archetypal. Uh, every character is always based off some archetype, but there was an individuality to everybody. Um, and, and they
0: hit the ground running. Yeah, they, they didn't hit it. They waste a lot of time at exposition.
1: No, you got the explanation. You got that they come to this uh, mansion to celebrate Ulysses Bloodstone, and that they're fighting for the Bloodstone. Who's going to take over for it? Yeah. Um, so, and through that, you you. you what you get or what you think is gonna happen doesn't happen, and it kind of flips the script and well the title Werewolf by Night," you kinda of know where it's going to lean in, but there's some surprise uh, characters that you see and the surprise usage of what I appreciate with the black and white. The reason they did it in black and white, cause it allowed them to get away with a lot of things they couldn't if it was color. So Very there was true. a lot a limbs being ripped, a lot of deaths happening over uh the werewolf throwing people everywhere, uh man thing. The way they utilize man thing, the way I will describe it is you will feel like he is your best buddy and your puppy that you will be scared of. So if you know, you know, I'm not going to explain what or why, but Swamp Thing, you know, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, not Swamp Thing, but man thing, he, he wasn't, he wasn't practical. He was actually all CGI. Yeah. uh, yeah. But the way they do it in the movie, you couldn't tell. It was great. Yeah. So,
0: but the point is, well, he's a character that it makes sense. Yep. Because trying to do a practical effect on that would probably be a lot more labor intensive, given yep. the in size. But looking at some of the other practical effects, like yeah. even the even the dead guy mannequin, that is the 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 old school. <laughs> uh, ah, uh, sorry, ma. I'll, spoilers! If you haven't watched this, go watch this because we're not we're not holding back on this one. Yeah. Um. The uh the the that that animatronic. Character yeah in the coffin is just so hilarious. It's such a callback to those older films.
1: Yeah, there's there there is a stoicism mixed in with the with the bloodiness and the comedy that it just everything is just seamless. And this is a good one shot where it you know it adds credence to the universe. It adds an us that supernatural element, but doesn't um it's able to stand on its own while still being part of of this whole universe oh yeah so, you know it's unique so uh uh gail garcia bernal who plays jack russell he's great in that role and he provides this like gravitas especially when he transforms into the werewolf and does things and then his relationship with elsa bloodstone played by laura donnelly is very gratifying and like you said they don't spend a lot of time on exposition but it's the subtlety in their actions, and in the script. It's just those little subtleties that you get the dynamic of what they are, how they are together, and what their purpose is. So everything is reliance on the audience. It's so
0: funny. It's like, you know, it's a horror film. It's got horror elements, but it's just, it's such a fun ride.
1: Oh, yeah, it's fun and exciting. You got this adrenaline, and you love the characters, and you love the outcome. Um, So especially when, you know, drinking a cup of joe, that's all i'm so. going to get sushi yeah so yep <laughs> yeah so overall i enjoyed this uh presentation and a lot of people did so marvel might be doing and you know these kind of presentations with other characters down the road you know so. that
0: works i mean it, the, the what if series you yep. know all those kinds of things it's great
1: yeah so if you haven't checked it out it's a uh, it's on uh disney plus just like she Hulk, and it's a uh, it's 54 minutes so you can watch a quick watch of it so oh yeah
0: very quick watch very enjoyable watch yeah. i part of me was wanting to watch van helsing afterwards <laughs> just for the black and white <laughs> elements and you know just, just something about the way that comedy comes across makes me appreciate van helsing yeah all righty let's uh jump over to some news newsy goody thingies all right so let's see our first story uh first story we have is netflix adds the ad tier we've been hearing about this for a few weeks now yes uh it's supposed to launch next month i believe
1: november 3rd at 9 a.m pacific time
0: so basically it's interesting how this has kind of come about where it's like netflix is worried about their bleeding subscription losses yet they just added a bunch of new subscribers
1: 2.6 million i believe if i'm getting the numbers right
0: and we're gonna have this ad tier that's like ten dollars a month but interesting how they can't you you even with the ad tier you can't get everything in the library yeah because there's permission and copyright and and a lot of legalese Yep. That's influencing what shows can and can't be on this ad tier.
1: So, yeah. So, uh, from uh, the article on IGN, so the basic ad tier is going to be limited to 720p. Some people don't care about that, so that's okay. And the basic plan, you're going to have your ads. So, what they said is that you can expect at least, quote, four to five minutes of ads per hour that will be 15 to 30 seconds in length which is typical if you have your ad tiers with the other ones they're not that much and they don't really they don't really really take away from the experience because no. you know it's just quick 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 um like you said with the licensing they said that Netflix is going to work through it and a lot of those licensings aren't tied into their original content so you're going to have access to pretty much their all original library uh it's just some of those licensed content so but this is a good way, you know, people like to complain about the prices and stuff, you know, paying for something like Netflix at 6.99 and even with some of the licensing restriction you still got a ton of content oh, yeah. and it's going to be available in US, Australia, Brazil, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Korea, Mexico, Spain and the UK. So, but yeah, this is a good one, you know, people that want to stay on a budget with all the streaming platforms out there, 6.99 a bad price so do it people if you want to and it's 2.4 million subscribers just to get the number right all
0: right uh, and for our next one we're gonna have to queue up the sound bite oh so
1: sad people <laughs>
0: it's so sad bad. it's so sad it deserves a cackle
1: all right so yep this is uh coming on the heels of last year about the same time, we did a uh, report how we, uh, as gamers, we know of a thing called G4 TV, and back in the early uh, uh, aughts, uh, G4
0: was a big thing. Oh, so, it was huge. Yeah. Back so yeah, so the show. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was that yeah. was the jam.
1: That's that- where you went for your gaming stuff back in the day, and then you know after a while it went away. But then they decided, hey, let's bring it back for everybody. Well, not even a year later, they are shutting down the relaunch. Yeah,
0: it's so like Comcast is pulling their funding. Yeah.
1: So as reported in um, in Kotaku, and they uh, cite uh, as de- a deadline, it says Emo was sent to remaining staff today by David Scott, CEO at parent company Spectator Division of Comcast. In the memo, he explains, quote, that the company's investment efforts to revive the network just didn't gain traction. So, uh, They're pulling the plug. They're not getting the investments, but from my perspective, relaunching it as a channel in the in the era of streaming and YouTube and Twitch and a lot of individual content developers, like Scuba and the Rye, uh, it's kind of a market that it kind of looked like it was going to fall to the wayside anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, just so. my opinion, not based on any findings, but just when you look at the landscape, the 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 people that you're aiming for they aren't really watching cable TV. No, so, not
0: anymore. Um, you have to go through things like Sling and some of these other yeah. things. If it was more of a streaming option, then yep. I think it probably would have done a lot better. Yeah. But I mean, to be... I, I remember being all on the bandwagon to have it come back because Adam Sessler and all that, great, great inspirations for doing this kind of work. But I, know, I don't watch TV. Yep. I, don't, I don't watch network television anymore. I, I mean, my content... Consumption is 90% YouTube and 10% all the other streaming services.
1: Yep. I balance because I still have a a cable television, but the only reason I have it is for sports (laughs) and everything else. I'm watching either through streaming. I'm a big anime fan. So I got Crunchyroll and then all the other platforms that have anime. And then just Spotify. And that's pretty much it. I
0: have it it because it's part of my bundle with Verizon. And... I get a few perks from the fact I'm a Verizon cable customer. Yeah. Uh, Like my HBO is covered through that. Yeah. So it's like, but I couldn't tell you the last time I actually turned on and watched cable box. Yeah, Most of the time it's Apple TV, YouTube or Disney plus or whatever. I mean,
1: pick (laughs) a streaming service for me. It just depends on which show. Yeah. Just depends on which show I'm checking out and what time of the year it is. Cause you know, you know, every streaming service has got their shows, so when it drops, that's where I navigate.
0: Yeah. So, especially now, where you're getting into okay, I'll use this for a month and then I'll let it go, and then I'll use this other one for a month, let it go.
1: Yeah. So, you know,
0: that kind of thing. So.
1: So it's just the, I think the aim of it, and there's you know some of the in, you know investment choices and what they were paying might not have equated with what came in. So, but you know, they tried, they failed, but you know, still remember back in the day the OG G4, so I will oh, never yeah. forget it.
0: Yeah, and I think they've all moved on yeah. so far from that. So what is it? Uh, um, we had a discussion for Art of the Remake. I think we were discussing that earlier. So yeah, we, we kind of jumped the gun on that. One.
1: Yeah, we kind of just mixed it in so we can just move on right, forward. Let's uh, let's hit up our odds and ends and uh, sail on out of here. All right, so, yep, we got some unique odds and ends like we always do. You know, rye guys always find something out there. Yeah, we got four of them today. So yep. let's
0: uh, let's start with that first one considering it's Halloween. Halloween's coming up. What is it? giving you free food if you show up in your costume?
1: Yep, so this is an article from a Fox affiliate. So uh, f- for the first time since 2019, so it's been a few years, uh, quote, the chain is bringing back its burrito promotion. So where it says quote Chipotle reward members can get a free six dollar entree for dressing up in costume at one of its restaurants after three p.m. on Halloween.
0: Okay. So yeah, so it's got a few weeks, and you're yep. You have that Chipotle rewards thing. Go check it out. Yep.
1: Go ahead and dress up as either an assassin or Maid Marian, uh, which I did, and but it's only offered to reward members. But a lot of people go to Chipotle. I guess there's a lot of reward members, so you know.
0: Hey. Yeah, if not i mean it's a quick thing for yeah. a free six dollar yeah.
1: meal yeah uh, 20 20 seconds for six dollars off count me in
0: right all right so next up speaking of food mm, yummy han solo bread yes oh, what's
1: up with this all right so uh this is from uh this is an article from the huff post so there's a california california baker that crafted a life-size oh. han solo out of bread
0: yeah i heard about this yeah so i heard about this this was on my uh my news feed yeah. i listened to in yeah. the mornings in my uh, one of my pod podcasts so
1: there is this uh uh, uh the, uh, the uh, two, uh dual baker mother and daughter so hannah and Catherine pervina they co-own a bakery out in san uh, in the san francisco air bay area called one house bakery And so this came about because of the COVID thing, and they just was like, hey, let's do something. So they spent weeks molding, baking, and assembling a life-size sculpture uh, with wood and two types of dough, including, quote, a type of yeastless dough with a higher sugar content that will make it last longer.
0: Yeah, um, I think, and the fact that they were going to shellac this. So you're not going to be able to eat this at all. But it's 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 a very interesting thing of you know seeing Han Solo and Carbonite, yeah, but made out of bread,
1: yep. So and they were
0: doing this for something.
1: Yeah, they said uh, they were just doing it because one, they're big uh, uh, science fiction fans and fantasies of Star Wars, and it was just something to do while everything was on lockdown. Um, oh,
0: okay, this was their entry for the scarecrow contest, yep. in downtown. Um, and that, uh this is north of uh half hour north of San Francisco downtown bonica Main Street scarecrow contest yeah so
1: they're gonna submit it in there Which and then is you why can collect
0: it so that the birds couldn't pick it yeah. apart
1: so yep yeah, they made sure that it was protected so basically the statue is Han solo and his um chamber when he's been frozen um so yeah so that's pretty cool
0: yeah, and it looks like they uh they also have another entry, which is uh they they did a tr- did one in twenty twenty for the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda.
1: Yep. So you know, it came out of inspiration of both their craft and their love for Star Wars. So I'd say Star Wars can give you cool
0: things. Yep. Yep. That should be that should be great. That's great. All right. So. Twin's Day in Ni- in Niagara, Nigeria, Nigeria. Yeah. Okay. Twins Day in Nigeria. What What's up with this?
1: All right. So this is a, a article from our local affiliate Wavy, and basically there is um a town in Nigeria, I, um Igbo, Igbo Ora, where um it is one of the most uh, populated cities in Nigeria that has pretty much almost every birth are twins. So oh. for the quote. Uh, for the past 12 years the community has organized this annual fest- festival to celebrate the twins so they said in this year uh event there's going to be held earlier this month it's going to include more than a thousand pairs of twins and then drew participants as far away as france so wow so for 12 years um they have been celebrating the birth of twins in this town because for some reason this town which is um not too far away from their largest city lagos they birth twins
0: twins twins are a rarity yeah and yet this is a place that seems to have them frequently so there must be something in the water
1: yeah so so uh uh, john Orpham, from a gynecologist that's based out of the capital uh says that it could be related quote that there are things they eat that have a high level of certain hormones that results in uh, multiple ovulations for twins but that's cool that they actually have a type of festival
0: uh, they're gonna do a kind of a festival celebration and then it's like the fact that it's drawing international visitors i think just adds adds to that yeah so So that that sounds decade
1: plus decade plus and going strong oh yeah all right all right our Uh, last one thinking about visiting places so of 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 not too far long ago, I came across a, uh, uh, started doing a segment within the odds and ends where traveling to unique museum and stuff. So we found a unique museum in the Netherlands and I thought, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and bring this back every once in a while. And I'll bring and spotlight a museum that I think is odd and unique, but could be fun. So really?
0: today, um, I mean, was to n- the model that you could buy, not good enough. Now you got to find a museum.
1: Yes. I didn't. I don't think I bought a model. No, I didn't buy it, but it still is cool. But, uh, this museum is actually the cup noodle museum in Osaka, Japan,
0: cup of noodles, cup of noodle museum.
1: Yeah. So in this museum, uh, they have a plethora of different things you can, uh, do there exhibits an attraction. So you get to see the chicken ramen factory You get to see the birth of chicken ramen for the cup noodles And then you also have places where you can create your own original cup noodles in there Um and whatnot. So this basically is a museum that celebrates the history and all the different packages of the instant noodles of the cup noodles nice, so A little bit about it as
0: if there wasn't a lot of unique tra- uh, so. tourist places in japan we're gonna add an- yeah. we're gonna add cup of noodles yeah, so. on your track of Super Mario World and the gu- and the life size Gundam.
1: Yeah, so you know, cup this cup noodles. Uh, the chicken rum was created back in 1958 by Momofuku Ando, and then that led to the the cultural sensation of the cup noodles. So basically, what this does is just celebrates the history, gives you different exhibits to experience that, in all the different flavors and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> So if you ever want to find out the history of the Cup Noodles and want to experience some fun things, and if you're in Osaka, Japan, check out the Cup Noodles Museum.
0: So. Works. All right. Alrighty. Well, that pretty much wraps us up. Yes, so sir. It's time to sail on out of here. So again, Woo! thank you everyone for watching and hanging out, watching us on YouTube or listening to us on all of your major podcast uh, subscription channels. Spotify, uh,
1: Apple, iHeart, whichever yeah. one.
0: Remember to give us a rating, give us a like, share it out. Let, let people know it's, it, it's a great way to support the studio and support what we do. Get that exposure out. Uh, if you want to do a uh, shout out and a thank you again to Sirenscape for the background musics and soundboards. Sirenscape. Uh, great, great way to go. We'll, we'll have another Halloween inspired uh, sound deck for next time. Uh, and if you want to do more, you can totally do that. You can head over to patreoncom slash scuba studio and consider being a patron there every little bit helps it's just another way to support the show and to support the studio and the various projects that we work on um i don't got much else i mean
1: yep. yeah, well, thank you everybody thank you for enjoying this we'll have more content coming up might have some stuff for black adam more halloween things and then november and the fall turnaround
0: all righty with that y'all have a great one and we'll see you later bye peace
1: Mwahaha. <laughs>